Welcome back to another episode of Soma Soulworks. Where do faith and art meet? What does it mean to be made in God's image, knowing his nature as a creator? This podcast is an open-ended wrestling with God at the seam of Christianity and creativity as artisans working in the world of arts and entertainment. Welcome back to the Soma Soulworks podcast. Um, Today in the studio, I've got Aaron, I've got Neil, and I've got Chris, and uh, and of course, James on the the mics. So today, I want to bring up a conversation that that we actually started at Imladris, and it's about the question of infrastructure. And, uh, and so what got my eye on this is there's a episode in the chosen where Matthew is talking to this Roman hotshot. I don't know what his rank is, you know, decadohedron or something, whatever. Um, anyways, he's, he wants to show off to his buddy and Matthew says, you should show him infrastructure projects because infrastructure indicates not simply accomplishment, but a way of life, right? So this idea that infrastructure transmits culture. And uh, and also universal value. And so in an earlier episode, we talked about how do you measure a kingdom? One of those things is by just the thriving of the people. It's by, it's by their economy. It's by their work. It's by their health, all those things. And so often those things are built on the absolutely unsexy but absolutely necessary infrastructure project. It's the sewer. It's the roads. It's the electricity. Those things make society work and thrive. Um and yet no one really notices, right? It's the things that you immediately take for granted. So this idea of like, okay, how, what infrastructure pieces make sense in our space, either in gaming specifically or in uh, arts and entertainment more more broadly? What makes that work? What currently is not working? Um, and in what way could could we help? How, and how could we help that kingdom to thrive as kings and queens? That would basically benefit everybody. Hmm. First up feels like the the regular business, like regular projects, right? You just need to have projects coming down the pipe in order to actually pay bills and have everyone continually employed. Um, so like going after either your own and able to fund that or, you know, being a service and then like working on other game projects and then like getting hired, work for hire is the other part of the, the industry. So as long as that's continuing, right? How do we help all of us in Imlogis and beyond kind of continue to have regular work? Um, and the, yeah, those are the two kind of areas. Either you get your own stuff funded and off the ground, investment and so on, and or you you fill the, the other amount of time and space when you're not working on those bigger projects with contract work and, you know, keeping everyone busy and such. But um, the other thought immediately too, though, was something that's a big conversation, which might be for a different time, but I wanted to mention it, which is deal structure and making sure you mm. get paid for the work you do in the right way, especially on this entertainment artist kind of side where artists tend to get screwed. And then you're out of money. You're like, yeah. but I would just want to continue my work. But the contract says they get all the money and we don't. But I did all the work, so something wrong with that. Yeah. And that's another piece of this puzzle. I'm looking at Erin, but I think she's like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like taking what you're saying in particular, like the deal structured part is like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I hadn't considered that as an as a way of being able to serve. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that uh, I know that I've been, I've had to um, tell artists that we've hired on. It's like, 
before, particularly ones who are brand new to to the industry, is like, you gave us a number that was way too low Mm -hmm. to start with um, as your first, like, commission rate or, like, your your pay rate per hour. It's like... It's like you need to be charging more even if you're new to the industry. Mm-hmm. It's like you definitely – and that your next project, you need to increase it by at least $5 per hour. Mm-hmm. At least, like minimum. Chop. It's like because you're, one, worth more than this. And yeah. then, two, like – and then, two, like it's actually been one of those things I've had to do a couple of different times. Like after learning how to do it for myself, which was like, – I'm, I'm finally at a point where I'm able to tell people, it's like, hey, you're worth more than this. And you need to charge for this because one, you need to look at your livelihood and figure out how much you need to, you need to be able to pay your own bills. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even matter how much you get on top extra if you can't pay your own bills with your current pay. <laughs> it's like I like you bring that up because I I think one of the most common complaints about the gaming industry is basically questions of exploitation. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. you know how many people are getting underpaid, not paid, whatever else. And it, obviously, like economies still matter. Like you still have a budget. I get that. But if on principle we're we're not sort of automatically seeking to get the lowest possible price from every possible creator. I feel like that's it's actually a really good principle. And so your point about deal structure is hmm. is a big deal. It reminds me also of the questions of who owns intellectual property. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and especially when you get into a publisher or something like that, um, a deal structure where it's got to be fair. And I'm not looking to to just you know stick it to the man or anything, but. But the idea that IP would revert to the creator after a certain period of time mm. feels very good to me. Mm. Um, it reminds me of just kind of the Jubilee year yeah. in the in the Bible is like every so often, right? And so whether it's on a cycle, um, all the land goes back to where it was originally allocated. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can sell land, but what you can't do is you can't be permanently screwed. Yeah, and nobody can permanently acquire mm-hmm. like a they can't, they can't stockpile mm-hmm. land, right? Yeah. And so the idea that I would love to see that all IP goes to the creator after a period of time or mm-hmm. after a whatever, the publisher makes a certain amount of money, something like that, yeah. um, that it's not just always, you're always getting stiffed. Mm. Yeah. Something else, so just to hash a couple things, I think QA actually is a thing that mm. rates as as a as a service, as a need, as a, as a powerful piece of making any game better Mm-hmm. That is often neglected or like thrown in last minute, um, <laughs> and uh, especially in the indie space. Especially in the indie yes. space, it's like man, I don't, I don't have time to QA this stupid thing. I'm trying to get it launched. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, boy, is it valuable? Whole... Super valuable. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm thinking about all the work. So uh, Ethan, uh, Ethan is this guy on our team who I want to say the whole last year about. Mm-hmm. You know, he just decided to build a bug testing QA machine out of nothing. And I, and I think what's honest is, like, at the beginning, he said this is what he wanted to do. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I, I didn't really care. Mm. It sounded like, in the back of my mind, I'm sure that's important. Mm. Um, but I don't have time to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, you know, things that seem more pressing. But what he's done is he's created a whole cycle and system and tools. He's got this whole machine now that actually seems to be really, really helping. And mm-hmm. its value has been immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it strikes me as something where... That's an example, I think, from an infrastructure perspective. Yep. There is no reason for that to be stuck in our shop. Yep. There, like, I, there is no reason we should be sharing that with everyone we can. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And uh, and whether that's whether that's any of our just uh, friends and you know, sort of friends and family, so to speak, or or to other folks, um, that should be a thing that we share. Mm-hmm. I think from a from a service perspective, from an infrastructure perspective, that's a really easy thing. Yeah. That reminds me too, like 
one of the cool things about the gaming industry, especially on the programming side, code gets shared all the time. Like, it's just tons of code is just shared, and it's some stolen, whatever. But most of it's just shared. It's just openly there, and they talk, and they, hey, I need this. Can you help with that? Like, that's pretty good. We, we don't do that as much on kind of the other areas of game development, which we can. I mm-hmm. think as our company, we can help lead with that idea of, well, we have some assets. We, we can charge you a simple rate or just give it to you. Or here, here's this pipeline idea. We've learned so much about pipeline in the last mm-hmm. two years, right? <laughs> um, and so, like, taking that knowledge and, like, oh, well, of course we can help you understand how that works for your kind of company. Maybe there's some advice there that is simple, and it would also change your productivity from, like, triple or, you know, normal yeah. to triple. Uh, that's crazy infrastructure help. And, you know, I- items like that that are easily shareable. So knowledge base, um, assets and stuff that are not currently needed and are under IP, of course, all these different things. But easy to share. And then all of a sudden, the businesses benefit tremendously and can add to their their total value and growth quickly. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about documentation. Ho, ho. Uh, yeah. It's a conversation that me and Gavin have had a lot because uh, for those of you who don't know, me and Gavin are the two who are primary or have been the primary leaders for the art team in the past, particularly on the scouts mm-hmm. that we worked on. Um, and what we've talked about, particularly as we're wrapping up that project, was what do we want to do differently for our next projects? And the first thing, and the thing was, was like create a bunch of documentation mm-hmm. for everything that we need upfront. Mm-hmm. Because if we, because one of the things we learned, particularly as our as our team scaled up and scaled down and then scaled back up again and then scaled back down again as we just went through natural cycles of game development was that when we bring on new people, if we don't have the documentation in place, there's so much more extra hours done to answer questions for them Hmm. to um, having to go back and be like, hey, you didn't look at our existing documentation. Oh, there actually wasn't that documentation to correct what you, the mistake you made, which means we didn't give you the, what we thought was actual instruction for you. It didn't work out. Hmm. It's like, Having that stuff in place so that way they can so that new team members can um, have the references mm-hmm. and the resources needed to help them thrive in our in our business mm-hmm. and be onboarded easier, basically, and be, and then have that those resources. And yes, it's going to take to take two months for them to be able to actually absorb everything well. That's a that's a no, no, that's fine. But if six months down the line they're still making mis- um, mistakes because we didn't prepare them well, then mm-hmm. that's on us and on the, our company for not having. Good, uh, good space for them to be able to thrive and to succeed in our industry, and really isn't on them if they don't if they're not getting the correct instruction. So documentation is something that uh, and how to write documentation. I was thinking about the fact that recently we um, for our marketing our marketing efforts we started pulling up templates, yeah, and creating templates for hey this is the kind of uh, posts we want to make for this. For this kind of a post, for this kind of like, here's just a content a content piece that we're wanting to show off an environment or a character versus a call to action post, mm-hmm. having these templates in place. And those templates are something we could easily share with people. Like yep. you just need to fill in X, Y, Z, and then you have your, your social post for marketing. It's like that's something like creating these templates that we've made or documentation templates. Te- templates? templates. Mm-hmm. My words are weird. Um, just having those in place really helps make it so you just don't have to think you don't have to have to put the extra brain power towards making the uh towards like what does this need to look like what Mm. what uh, questions do i need to answer having those in place just makes things so much easier and 
being able to share those it would be amazing. Mm. Let me put let me uh, kind of push that to the next level. Is um, just take us take a smaller team, two three people, where for them documentation could seem one like I, they don't know how to do it. Two, they feel like that's like I got better things to do. Like actually make the game than make the documentation. <laughs> I wonder I wonder in what way we could serve them. Mm. And uh, and it occurs to me like I, I realize you don't think you need this. But that's because you haven't seen the value of it. And how could you come alongside someone and maybe help them write it? Um, mm. Very it possible. feels like that would be really useful. Oh, yeah. And I would say it's still useful for that size of a team because six months down the road, you will not remember why you made a decision <laughs> the way you did yep. or what that decision actually was yeah. and or why something came about. Like we had to have a conversation. It's like, why? We had to have that exact conversation. It was, why did this happen exactly the way it did? Because we thought this was a good idea then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it actually a good idea? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. And but we never wrote down the reasoning, so we can't quite remember because it's been six months. Yeah, yeah. or oh. sometimes six years. Sometimes <laughs> so, six to the old six yeah, years. Yeah. And you want to re-release them and do all the tidying up and all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about the conversations when we were starting to make characters for Lost Legends. Yeah, and and there was there was basically just trying to get Joel <laughs> to understand why we did certain things. Like, why do your characters have pants? Like, I ah, mean, that seems oh like goodness. such a weird thing to ask, but. But we're like, we had a long discussion about why we want animals <laughs> in pants um, as opposed to them kind of, just, you know, doing the Donald Duck thing. And, uh, and like, there was actually a reason, like, we thought it all out. But it's really common, right, in, in anthropomorphic yeah. stories that they just don't have any draws. And, yep. uh, and so you just don't think about it. And there was another one that was more subtle about this is how their shoulders work, yeah. right? They're oh, not yeah. human yeah. shoulders. They're animal shoulders. And they have to look this way. And... And, but we had the ability to have that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Says, here's the thing. Here's why this piece of art, for example, this piece of concept, doesn't actually apply to that. Which at first feels like a wasted time. But what it did is now, if you got the first character wrong and we got it straightened out, then the next sixty, we just saved us an yeah. Un- yeah. unquestionable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I, part of those conversations, I was realizing that my initial documentation for the answers I thought I had answered weren't good enough. Okay. That's actually something that if we wanted to serve other people is editing their documentation, reading it, saying, do I actually understand this? Can I create mm-hmm. a, a piece of art for someone else's character off this do- a piece of documentation? It's like, no, I have th- I have five questions about this already. <laughs> and be able to say, hey, I have these five questions. Can you answer them in a, in a new mm-hmm. document? Or edit your document so that they these are all answered. That's a way, easy way to be able to serve others on documentation feedback, yeah. essentially. It's like doing a test, a, a test subject a test run of like, hey, is this good enough? Can mm-hmm. I understand this? Not, don't just read it and be like, yeah, I think I understand this. Like, no, actually going following through on, I'm going to pretend to implement this mm-hmm. on the, your next subject. Can I? Do I actually have enough information here? Did what I create actually meet your expectations? No. Then we need to do more on the documentation side or you need to f- evaluate if what I did was my fault mm-hmm. yeah. on interpretation. In that case, that's, a, that's something they get correct on their side. But just that just helps with, with stuff. Yeah, and even if you do have a one to three man team, you never know if you need to bring on another person like four years down the line, or even a year down the line. Like you come to realize, oh, I actually need this person, you, or you forget that hey, sound is a thing. We need to have an audio guy on board. <laughs> it's like, right, we're in the last two months of push for this, but we need to bring them on. But they need to know all of the different things, like, um, like we need to, like all the different assets we have. So do we have a list of assets mm. uh, for different sound types. No. Oh, okay. We guess we have to do that now. Yeah. Audio, just because James is like probably just told us a little story here. Like audio is one of those categories that 
probably gets thrown off to the last in a lot of projects because mm. um, we think of it as we think of it as frosting. Mm-hmm. Um, like it makes the game better. Like we get that, but we don't often think about it as meat. The thing that actually like feeds the whole game from the from the ground up. Yeah. So that's just a, that is a good example. Um, let me shift just a, a heartbeat here. Um, we've been talking about what I would call uh, workflow mm-hmm. infrastructures. Like what makes me do what, what makes it possible to do my job better, faster, yeah. easier, cheaper. But I think also in a in a kingdom. There's a there's a cultural infrastructure as well. Oh yeah. There mm-hmm. are libraries. There are um, th- there's the post office, for lack of a better word. There's uh, there's things like this place. This is the cultural center. This is a mm-hmm. a nonprofit sort of quasi governmental piece that is designed to keep the culture of a place going. There's the pub. pub. There's the pub, right? Dude, <laughs> like having places that support people. Mm-hmm. Not their not the projects, not their abilities, not their capabilities, mm-hmm. but the people and their mindsets and their their mental health. Yes, having time. that in place in the in the industry is important. That's one of the things that we, um, I remember we didn't have when I first started um, six something years ago was seven years ago now um, was that we didn't have an ability to check on how we were doing personally yeah. every couple months or yeah. every six months. And now we have some. Now we have our. I know that the other company. Companies and other industries do this, but we call it success trackers at our company personally. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're the HR check-in. They're the, hey, how are you doing? Is, yeah. this, is this good? Um, are you getting paid the right amount for what you're doing kind of stuff? Do you think you should be paid more? Is your job description accurate? Kind of going over those things. We also go into how are you doing personally, How um, mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable answering that kind of stuff. If you, um, what kind of, where do you want to be in five years and how can we help support you in that for mm-hmm. your career goals? That we, those kind of things, like where we actually check in with our people. Um, I know that our Jesus time for us as a company is really important mm-hmm. yeah. because yep. it, it, it's, it is a core foundation for our company. Yeah. Like without it, it, I don't think Soma is Soma. <laughs> and so, but, um, and having that time as a company to be able to come together. Just, so being, having support system uh, systems in place to support the people themselves and also giving them the freedom to talk about when they have issues yeah. or need the breaks and stuff like that. Like right. The freedom, like, uh, it hurts my heart every time I read a, a Reddit post or a, see a TikTok about people complaining. It's like I tried call. I, I have a day off, and my person, my my guy's like still calling me. My manager's still calling me, saying, "Hey, I need you in today." It's like, no, it's my day off. Mm. I need this day off. Yeah. It's like, or just like saying, there are people valuing their company over their families. Yep. It's just like it, it hurts. Yeah. That reminds me of crunch culture and all the like areas of gaming that tends to be negative and traditional negative and like if you're addressing those cultural issues negative cultural issues then it, you're helping to you know keep a really strong infrastructure you're caring for the individuals but also it makes better products like the kingdom of god always works to make wealth and better business which is hilarious yeah like when you're doing those type of things from that perspective and the culture that needs to be cultivated well um, just you know, creates a better environment, which means you can create better product and so on and so on. So it's really neat to think of that way. I, I, I love that that space of where um, there, there's every every company has their own corporate culture, right? Soma's got ours, mm-hmm. but so does every every company does. Um, and and I don't have any. Like, we're not doing it right. We're just trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of other ways to do it. But it does occur to me that um, a place where we could all do better is to be more. I guess sharing with other corporate cultures, like like looking for that cross pollination, looking yeah. for that chance to say like, 
okay, like how how are they doing it? What can we learn from them? Yes. Or for that matter, what can we share with them? And, and being really deliberate about that diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that probably shows up in, in a wide variety of things, including I, I think one of the hardest things about game developer is how much of it's a gig economy, right? Like I, I was on this gig for whatever it is, three to 12 months, mm-hmm. and now the, either the game's done or it got canceled, whatever it is, and now I'm out of work. Yep. Um, and you just sort of cast to the wind. I would love to see basically a social net that says, and it, it was more proactive. Yeah. Like we know that this is going to wrap up in a month. Who who in our community got could use a great animator, could use a great concept artist, whatever else, um, so that everyone stays employed? Yeah. Because it really occurs to me that in our space, credits and longevity is what makes things work, right? Like mm-hmm. I've been in the industry for the moment you're past five years, you're a veteran. You're like, <laughs> you've now breached the average. Yeah. And uh, and so and so in the spirit of like, how do we get more people that we know that love Christ in the industry? Like mm-hmm. just giving them a freaking job is like the shortest, it's the cleanest possible path. Yeah. Like someone just stay employed for five years, they're a winner. Um, but being able to share those resources so it's not clingy. It's mm-hmm. not like, no, that's my person. Yeah. Um, that feels actually really good and really important and probably really healthy. True. Um, so, so that that as a, as another infrastructure piece, but that requires cross company communication mm-hmm. planning, um, and uh, and and we we started a, a spreadsheet. It didn't get very far, um, but the idea of like for all the folks in the Imladris community, like what do you see coming down your pipeline? What do you need? Mm. You know, what's your manpower requirements? And then also, if you've got folks rolling off of a project, when do they become available and mm-hmm. who can pick that up? That that uh, that's the kind of thing that someone has to manage, right. but probably benefits everyone tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the knowledge, the knowledge of who's available, what's their skill set, like if you have a, a base of that. And there's a few places online that do that, but it's different when it's like an actual close network and trusted, and like it's just different when you kind of get to this family-like level. Mm-hmm. Than just you know the the World Wide Web version of that you know right. that is it is different so yeah. and there like we talked about um, a couple positions that could be fractionalized that I think really effectively so mm. like a fractional honestly like fractional HR fractional biz dev like mm-hmm. there's there's no reason for there's no reason for every little company to have their own frankly payroll HR like there's like that could be centralized everyone could save money everyone could save time mm-hmm. if that were centralized and fractionalized. Um, but that requires trust. It's really hard. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to trust you with my payroll. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, that's just that. That requires a a whole different level of we're working together on purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like the kingdoms allied together, or whatever, the no nobility of the kingdom allied together, and having full trust in order for them yeah. to be like, okay, yes, you, the treasury can take care of all this part, and then, you know. This other department, which is all HR, you know, side. Well, that's all something. But even the 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 smaller, the smaller roles within a game, like the audio guy, can go around or gal can just go around and like, hey, I'm available for two months here, here, here. Like, and then there's a there's a resource and yeah, mm-hmm. and then the QA department can actually go the around QA, and right? be because they're not needed the entire time of development. Things like that work very well, but it all goes back to. Do you trust them? <laughs> Do you trust them? And then there's this natural impulse, which is not a bad impulse, to also centralize. Yeah. And so you have to value the 
you have to value diversity for its own sake in that mm-hmm. regard. So mm-hmm. I don't want to centralize everyone, right? I don't want everyone to be in one company with one ethos and one corporate culture. Like, I really want there to be all this different – everyone's got their angle on it. Everyone's got their take. And everyone sees God a little bit differently. And that and that that, that variety of insight is actually super valuable. So you have to fight against the draw towards centralization. So you don't want to be Disney? I don't want to be Disney. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Like, I, I, I resist centralization on principle. Mm. <laughs> I will say, um, just because we're, we're coming up on time here, I, I think that this idea of infrastructure, in my gut, I feel like this has a lot of legs. Mm-hmm, and I will, mm-hmm. even when I bring it up, it's like, I can only barely think about this yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's hard for me to even see it, but I feel like this is a big thing. Um. So it's just something to keep thinking about, right? I reckon we'll come back to it in one way or another. Definitely a discussion for Lodges next year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for, for joining us, and we will see you next time around. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. This is just one offering from Soma Soulworks, a production of Soma Games. To learn more, check out somasoulworks.com, and we'd appreciate your support through patreon.com slash somasoulworks.